Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Melissa, and I work for CBBC, and it's my absolute pleasure to welcome you here this afternoon to our session on Double Axe called It Takes Two. We've got some real treats in store for you, if you bear with us for the hour. We've got um, a clip of Dick and Dom's first ever show reel, which should be interesting when they're all little and cute. Cute. Hey, or are you still little still and cute? Little. Still little yeah. and cute. Just okay. not cute. Just old and fat. <laughs> Um, and we're also going to be seeing um, an exclusive first sneak peek of the new Danger Mouse, which is very exciting. Um, but first, I've just got a couple of messages. First of all, I'd like to really thank Daniel, Edwards and Tessa Moore who've helped put this session together. Um, done a lot of work on it, so thank you very much to them. And also, I'd really like to thank our sponsors for this session. I should say Diolch which is really bad Welsh for thank you, to Boom Kids. They are the largest production one of the largest production companies in the UK. They're based in Cardiff, and they say they're delighted to be able to sponsor this session. So thanks very much to them. Right, so on to business. Uh, so Double Axe have been delighting kids for decades, from Bill and Ben to Bill and Ted. Um, and Scooby-Doo and Shaggy, Sooty and Sweep, Dennis and Nash, I'm sure you've all got your favourites, Anton Deck. Sam and Mark. Uh, Choose your moment. <laughs> uh, I knew they would be trouble. Uh, Johnny and I now, Trevor and Simon, and more recently Dan and Phil, and those guys. Um, so, <laughs> those, but what, so guys. at the end of the session, hopefully, we need to know why are double acts so popular? Um, what is the ideal chemistry between the protagonists? And uh, with the theme of the conference of all change in mind, has the sort of rise of the vlogger and the one-to-one -one relationship the, the vloggers have with their audience slightly changed the, the scenario for Double Axe to work in? So we have a fantastic panel to help us try and answer the, some of those questions. So we have Patricia Hildago. She's the Kids Chief Content and Creative Officer at Turner. We have uh, Rich or Richard? Rich. Rich. Dick, whatever. You. McCourt yeah. and <laughs> Dominic Wood, who are a double act. Um, we have oh, fantastic. There was a question in my voice. I didn't mean to be sorry. Uh, they have the wonderful Laverne Antropus, who is a consultant child psychologist at the Tavistock. And we have Ben Ward, who is the lead writer on Danger Mouse. And has written, it's probably easier to list the shows you haven't written on than the ones you have written on, but you've, yeah. you've written on SMTV and Horrible Histories and Tracy Beaker Returns and Diddy Movies. Diddy Movies, yeah, yeah. And lots of other shows. So please welcome your panel. sort of start of a tent just to get us going. Um, I'd really like your views, guys, on what are the advantages of having two leads rather than one? Dick and Tom, what's the advantage of having two presenters, not one? Um, well, I suppose one of the main things is when you are watching two people getting on with each other and having a really good time, it's totally infectious. So rather than one person having a good time, laughing, I'm sure, you know, it's nice to watch that, but, but two buzzing off each other together. You know, you watch Antidec doing, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. That's a perfect, perfect example of when they're at their absolute best. Mm -hmm. And they're making each other laugh naturally, and that makes you laugh at but home as well. In kids' TV, I suppose, it's because, you know, the viewer themselves, especially little boys, seven-year-old boys, they're always hanging around with their best mate. So I think it kind of emulates what, what that, what's happening in their life, you know. Mm -hmm. Laverne, what do you reckon? Why, why are Double Axe so popular for a kids' it, audience? I think very much what you've just said, which is that you know, the viewer's watching, the little child is watching, and there is something about how they engage with you as people, or the character, and I think there are certain things that you'll say that will spark off in their own minds that that's something that they wanted to say. And actually to have two people doing it gives them an idea of a conversation that they might be having in their own heads, but actually to see it played out in front of them is quite wonderful, and sort of builds up quite a rich picture of the, what's going on in their own imagination. Bogies, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Ben, what do you reckon? Why, why, two, why two leads are better than one? Um, I think that if you're a stand-up comedian, and I guess a presenter as well, then when you, when you start a performance, it's all about building a relationship with the audience and creating a kind of warmth and a dynamic that you can then build on and riff off during your act. If you start with two people, you've got that before you even start. And it gives you a, you know, I, I come from a sort of more, because I'm a writer, I come from a more clinical way of looking at it, and it, and it gives you more control. You know, you can, you can go on knowing that we're going to do these things and they're going to work because we're going to get the response we want because we're putting both sides of the conversation up. Whereas if you're a, a solo, then 
there's a lot less control because you don't know quite what's going to come back. So I'd, I'd say I'd say that's relevant. I think a lot of the time when you see two presenters put up without there being a dynamic, it's often very strange. I've, I've written for a lot of shows where you've had two presenters and they've gone, well, you say that line, you say that line, you say that line, you say that line. You think, well, if, if you're just writing a script Splitting and then... Splitting it in half, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just moving them where the full stops are, then what's the point? Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, I think it's it. It gives you 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 hit the ground running when you've got two, and you can you can plan more. But also, it's not just about uh, the number of people there together. So it's not necessarily about two people. It's about two people who have an, a, a unique chemistry. You're, and a popping, relationship. you're popping, darling. Sorry. I'll just move that away. He's popping. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's about having a relationship uh, that is you cannot forge, you cannot create artificially, that happens naturally. Because let's not forget, you can also have two people on screen where the chemistry is absolutely horrific. <laughs> and there's some on TV at the moment, and, and you watch it, and you just <laughs> watch from behind your fingers, and it's just so embarrassing. So I don't think it's necessarily about the amount of people on screen, but the chemistry that they have with each other. Sure. Now, Patricia, on your um, fantastic channels, your BAFTA-winning channel, not bitter, uh, uh, on Boomerang, Cartoon Network, Cartoonito, you have a wealth of um, dynamic duos. Can we start with Tom and Jerry, who are the daddies of them all, I guess? Um, could you give us a little potted history of Tom and Jerry? So, yes, Tom and Jerry, 75 years they've been running around trying to catch each other. Well, actually, Tom trying to catch Jerry, but Jerry does, you know, tend to also get onto Tom. And um, there's been 12 feature films, feature-length films, seven Academy Awards, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes. We just launched the, um, the last one of those series, and it genuinely just was rating amazingly across all the channels for all kids, for all the, this, the, the demo of kids. But actually, you know, I could talk on and on about Tom and Jerry forever. I think maybe we could ask them to come and talk to us instead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tom, Jerry, where are you? Uh-oh, here's ah. trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be able to tell us anything because I just forgot they don't speak. <laughs> but um, thank you for coming, and uh, they'll be they'll be here to take pictures with you later after the uh, the session. So please don't run after them. You can see them afterwards. Tom, Jerry, enough. You can go. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. bye. Well, I don't know about you, but I've just, I've just learnt a lot just watching that. That's very good. <laughs> but who's better, Tom and Jerry or Dick and Dom? Only one way to find out. Bye! Bye! Oh, well, thank yeah. you very much for our surprise guest. That's brilliant. So how do they feel about each other, Tom and Jerry? You know, the, it's funny, um, you know, I was going to say before that the, the power of uh, uh, having a duo is to do about the, the, the friendship. And in fact, although Tom and Jerry are not friends, they're frenemies. They really, they, they have this relationship. They, they, they go about to it against each other, but really they do care about each other because one couldn't live without the other. And if anything happened to Tom, Jerry will be left on his own. What does he do with himself? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we see them we see them chasing each other and doing all kinds of things, but we also see them helping each other and going at bigger problems than they have together. And then they go, oh, my God, but we're supposed to chase and they continue chasing each other again. So I think, you know, it's very powerful that relationship that they have. Um, and kids really, it's, it's simple as well, and mm -hmm. kids relate to it very easily. And this lapstick humor just makes them, you know, come again and again to watch them. And the chase will never end. The yeah, chase just keeps going. Just keeps going. So you've done new episodes last year. Do you think their relationship has changed at all over the years, or is it still at its as its basic, just the same? I think we, we've always, you know, seen them exactly the same. Mm -hmm. It hasn't. The, the design has changed a little bit, especially with Tom. If you look at the the previous, you know, iterations of Tom, he was fluffier mm -hmm. and a little bit more scrappy. Actually, Jerry hasn't changed throughout the years very much, but Tom has. Um, it might have gotten a bit less violent 
mm -hmm. um, you know, compliance, standards and practices. <laughs> Today we don't do what we used to do in the past. So maybe those things have changed a little bit to go with the times. But apart from that, they're all the same. Yeah. Can, I, can I ask a question? Do you find it hard when you're commissioning a new series of, uh, of something, uh, a global treasure like Tom and Jerry, mm. to try and meet the mark that everyone remembers when they were children watching it? Because the originals, I mean, the new ones, I've seen the new ones with my kids, and they're f fantastic. But is there a certain amount of pressure to be able to step up to the mark? You know, what is incredible is how many uh, really talented animators come to us and want to work on these properties. It's just like, you know, you, they, 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 it's all they talk about. I, I need to work on these properties because we've grown, like you and I, we've grown with these shows and, and we know them better than themselves probably. Mm -hmm. So it is, yeah, you have to keep the mark. There is, you know, a, a certain mark you have to keep. But, but we find really talented uh, artists that uh, just want to continue, you know, giving life to these shows. Which is great. That's a, so just to say, I think that applies to Danger Mouse as well, that once people found out I was head writing Danger Mouse, you know, my, my in-tray and my, uh, my email was just packed with writers <laughs> and, you know, people wanting to, to be involved. So, yeah, it's, it helps to have, have people who want to do it. Have that heritage, definitely. Yeah. What can kids learn from seeing two characters basically beat each other up the whole time. <laughs> um, well, it's really interesting because I, I suppose I have a memory of Tom and Jerry and I think, you know, what people have said is really essential that it's all about relationships and, and friendships, essentially. And that actually what children are watching is how two individuals get along together, how they think for each other, how they speak for each other, how they can be quite hateful towards each other. And these are all emotions that children are grappling with from quite an early age, you know, moving away from those central relationships where everything's very safe. And once you go to school, you suddenly realize that actually you can have quite horrible thoughts yourself. Mm. And I think that, you know, any sort of duo or, or sort of cartoon or act like that gives you permission to know that's okay because we've all got bits of ourselves that we're not very proud of. And I think Tom and Jerry uh, sort of epitomise that, really. Mm -hmm. You know, that actually he really wants to hurt him, or it, that's how it seems. But then there is this switch where they can come together. And I think children need to know that the bits of themselves that, you know, they get told off for are quite ordinary. Mm. And that actually the relationship will endure because there's a good friendship, there's a good camaraderie, you know, people get along. Mm -hmm. Do you think everyone reacted unnecessarily in, uh, to their slapstick double act? Do you think that, that you know, when the Tom and Jerry that we grew up mm. watching, actually when you look back at it, you know, some of these hard and fast rules came in yeah. about that no, it's too violent. Mm. Is it really? Did kids get affected by it? Did we uh, as a generation get affected by it? I think that th I'm not sure that kids really got as sort of fired up as the adults did because essentially if you watch Tom and Jerry or any sort of, um, sort of cartoon or feature like that, you know, it's about the boundaries and the risks that are taken, but nobody really gets hurt. No, no. Um, and I think that adults got quite caught up in where their own violent minds took them. You know, I don't think children really go that far. You know, what they're really interested in is, did that hurt, did that not hurt? You know, and actually their relationship is with the characters, not with, you know, 10 miles down the road, yeah. as I think adults get to. Yeah. So can we move on to your other cat, who's Gumball, yes. in Elmore? Uh, the amazing world of Gumball, obviously, and he has a very different relationship to his um, partner in crime, Darwin. Darwin is a goldfish, was a goldfish? Yes. Yes. Actually, we, um, we just uh, finished uh, well, writings in the middle of production, the um, origins of Darwin, so how Darwin came uh -huh. to be. Darwin actually um, gets adopted by the Watersons because he starts off as a, as a goldfish, um, actually, um, uh, Gumball uh, gets given this goldfish and every time he gets given a whole goldfish he's not very good at looking after it so he keeps dying so the father has to keep on going to get another exactly the same goldfish at a certain stage they run out of goldfish in the in the uh, in the pet shop so he ends up in this very weird looking um, uh, shop where he gets given Darwin and says you know this very special kind of goldfish and hold and behold, it's actually a goldfish that uh, starts growing legs and arms and, and becomes a friend of, of Darwin, of, of Gumball. He's not just a pet anymore. They build a relationship and a bond that is over and above just, you know, your, your friend because he becomes like a sibling. 
So he's fa okay. he's stepbrother, but family. Yes, it's that kind of relationships and more more loving relationship. Do you think, yes. you know, in terms of classic double acts and modern day double acts, we probably if we do you think we could we couldn't really write Tom and Jerry now because of their relationship, but. Gumball is it's much more modern, it's more caring, the double act works better because they're more supportive of each I, other. And I think it really represents kids of today. Mm -hmm. So all these stories, um, they are very much also um, stories that are at the heart of their creator, Ben Bocole. When he thinks about um, you know, coming up with an episode, he really thinks about his family life. Mm -hmm and how he and his uh, siblings, you know, went through different situations mm -hmm. and how, and then of course he exaggerates them. So the, 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 the characters are very much based on real kids mm -hmm. and, and the stories are based on real family stories. And I think that's what brings the warmth and brings yeah. the, you know, the, the, the real, you know, the feeling of, of, of real, which, which the kids really relate to. And then moving on to uh, Adventure Time, which I have to say, I. Personally, a huge fan. I think it's touched with genius. Um, the relationship between Jake and Finn is, it, it almost it enables all the weirdness around it to happen, yes. doesn't it? Because they're so, but they're quite mature. He, Jake's a teen, and um, sorry, Finn's a teen, and Jake's a kind of dad, isn't yes. he? He's dad, well, like, that's a different relationship again. It's, it's, it's totally different that one because um, uh, whereas you know Finn, he's the last human on the land of War, and he actually also gets adopted. I just think of the adoption is uh, yeah. runs through <laughs> these two uh, series, and he gets adopted by Jake's parents, um, and then you know Jake is really his stepbrother. Mm. Um, Whereas Finn is, you know, a very righteous boy, and is everything is about uh, the good and, mm -hmm. and being able to. He wants to be a hero, and mm -hmm. he wants to save everybody from mm -hmm. any bad things, and he gets every, himself too seriously at times. Uh, Jake is completely the opposite. He's really laid back, and he just, you know, he has these magic superpowers that get him out of all trouble. So mm -hmm. he doesn't really need to worry about things. Mm -hmm. He will give um, uh, Jake some you know, some uh, tips and tell him, you know, maybe you should do this or you should do that. Not always is the right advice. Sometimes <laughs> it's really wrong. <laughs> and it's Finn that needs to then, you know, um, work with Jake. So so then, you know, those roles kind of change yeah. because then Finn becomes the adult and, and, and Jake is more the, the, the child. So yeah. it is, a, it is a, a bit of more complicated uh, relationship whereas, you know, as we look, you know, Gamble is 12 and Darwin is 10. Then Finn is already a teen; mm. he's 16. So, so you actually see those two shows are actually attracting different um, age groups right. because of also the the the, uh, the storylines and relationships that are happening. They get more complex as as you uh, go on to the show. So, just so that this, this session is very useful, if someone out there is thinking and they've got a blank page and they think, right, I'm going to come up with a fantastic double act. Obviously, we've got some themes emerging. Um, but where should where should they start, Ben? Where should where should they start? Um, I think that <clears throat> the key is finding the difference between a duo and a double act. So, two-handers are, are, are the uh, are the simplest building block of all scenes and stories and characters. But there's something different about there's something special about a double act. This and so. You need to find the reason why they're bonded together, why they need to be dedicated to each other. We were talking before, there's something, why, I was thinking about why, why double acts are particularly attractive to, to children mm -hmm. and to younger children. And I wondered whether it was because, so the first relationships that you see are family relationships and there's a, there's a trust uh, and as a child, you can see that you can count on each other within a family, and then the next relationship you see is friends. But that's not quite the same. So there's a, there's a nervousness for children when you when you get out into the world and start to make friends. But you want to have the same level, the same bond with your friends mm -hmm. as you see within your family. And so I think that there's something about a double act that should have a, a bond that's as strong as family. Mm -hmm. So I think creating that somehow. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously, it, it varies enormously from from double act to double act. But finding the reason why those two 
are going to stay together forever and why that you know they can count on each other is is probably the starting point yeah um I don't know, why are you two together? <laughs> I, no, that, that is deep. I've never, <laughs> have we ever thought about it like that before? Just mug about, really. <laughs> you know, when you see... Um, I, was, I, I won't say who it was, and it wasn't you. Um, but I was, I was brought in to work with uh, a double act um, because I'd, I'd been doing SMTV and I'd been working a lot with Anta Deck, and there was, a, there was a double act that one of the broadcasters... Uh, wanted to sort of create the next Anton Deck. They got that in their mind, and they showed me. <coughs> um, so, so the question was sort of, how do you how do you create the next Anton Deck? Um, to which, you know, the answer is, you live together from the age of ten for the rest of your lives, and you promise now never to take another job without the other one. <laughs> you know, and who, who's prepared to do that? Um, and I noticed, and they showed me some clips of, of this pair working with uh, a third presenter. And the shocking thing, and I, I couldn't work out why it was so shocking, but there was, there was moments in this show that I was, um, I was watching where the third presenter and one of the double act were ganging up on the other one. Mm which you would never do, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't think you'd even think about it. You'd do it for a laugh. <laughs> right, but you'd do it knowingly, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But the idea that you would make the other guy feel yeah, yeah. uncomfortable at any point. There isn't one person in this room that wants to know who the hell you're talking about. <laughs> who is it? Well, we should have a sweepstake. To be no, honest, no, no, quite, they, they are good now, but yeah. it, was, it, was, it was very early days for them. Sure. So and now they're hell and pace. No. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk now about how you both got together as your double act. But let's, should we see an early clip, your first ever show reel? First Ooh, ever show yeah. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah. 
as Richard and Dominic, and we did it. And something just happened like that from the first ever breakfast show that we did. And the only way that you can describe it is, you know that moment where you met your husband or wife, yeah? It's kind of the same thing. You just meet and you click straight away like that. And, uh, and it just worked. And then he just said, okay, let's keep it going. Then we decided, let's make this official and call ourselves Dick well, and Dom. It was actually uh, a props guy at CBBC Press at the time called Les. He was a proper cockney, right? He was walking down the corridor one day and he went, ah, here they come. Oh, I best not use that middle word. Here they come. Beep. Dick and Dom. <laughs> so he used to call us Dick and Dom all the time. And it just kind of went from there and we stuck with the name. And, and then made a show real, sent it out to about... Uh, 15 channels and uh, one came back and said yes and that was CBBC <laughs> and then you've got lots of BAFTAs and goodness and what to show for it you've, you've been in Spamalot you've been in Horrid Henry the movie you've, been, you've got you had your own shows you've had obviously Da Bungalow legendary uh, Legend of Dick and Dom you've got uh, Diddy Dick and Dom and you're you're gonna just do a couple of live shows coming up as well so it's not gone badly has it it's gone great um, so, did it ever feel like a risk, kind of, because it, it is like a marriage in a way, isn't it? Mm. Does it ever feel like a risk committing yourself to each other? No, I don't, at the time, I don't think, we, I mean, we're only kids, really. We're only like 18 years old mm. when we first started in London at the BBC. So, at the time, no, no, there was no risk at all. It was just, we were just having great fun together. We were living our student days on television, on telly. which was a bit random, but... Yeah, but we still, I mean, we still today just have the best time and I think that's the best thing about being in a double act is you share the whole journey together so you share it when it's really really good you know that moment when you are you've won enough awards haven't you you've won awards everyone's won awards but when you get up there with your best mate you share that together it's the best feeling but you know, equally when things are yeah not so great and it happens to everyone you share that together and you're there to prop each other up and it's just quite sweet it's nice. we, we actually say to each other on a daily basis now thank the lord that we actually work together because we can't imagine being in this business alone it would be terrifying because yeah. we can just we can talk to each other every day about you know what's going on in your head and, and the, those those days that you have as a broadcaster or maybe just as a free uh, working as a freelancer when it gets tricky it is hard and you're feeling down the other one just automatically yeah. picks the other one up because don't worry we can do this it'll be all right and uh, and vice versa so it's a, it's a nice dynamic and you keep each other like two wheels you just keep Going and going, but and going. staying friends, I think, is the main thing. Like you've all been saying, staying yeah. friends is. is but it's, interesting, sorry, go, go. Say, it's interesting that you knew each other before you were successful, yeah. mm. and that's because you know, yeah. if you think, you know, Morecambe Wise and all the only I was trying to think while you were talking there that if I could think of a double act who were put together, you know, for a success, and other than two Ronnies, I can't. I can't, I can't think, think of any. Of, it happens no, organically, different, doesn't it? Yeah, it's different, you, different for you because you are your job is to write. For characters, let's say, yeah. in cartoons, if you're given an animation project by Turner, yeah. then you have to create a double act from scratch. Yeah. And that's probably the only circumstance where yeah. you can create a double act. Otherwise, when you're talking about human beings, it just has to happen organically. I mean, it is like having a second marriage, though. Don't, yes. get, don't get us wrong, you know. So, <laughs> never a crossword? Not anymore, not weirdly. Days, no. There was a patch in, in our 20s, I think, where we, you know, you start getting a bit kind of... Well, you, you're starting to grow. Well, you're starting to, starting to grow as people and you have different interests, different yeah, priorities, basically. you want to do yeah. different things in life and it's about how to juggle that and how to manage it. Yeah. But now we just don't really give a toss. <laughs> that's like a relationship too, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, ten much. years of marriage, you just kind of don't yeah, care. Yeah. Just, but within, within your double... Once the attraction goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Within your double act, you don't seem to have different roles, though. Or would you dispute that? Do you think you have different roles? Or well, do you think you're not, both A lot of people ones? always ask us, who's the straight man, who the, who's yeah. the funny man? Because in ours, I don't think there is that, really. We're, no. the, we're the only double act that has two straight men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, let's have a look at classic Dick and Dom, uh, uh, clip of Da Bungalow. Bogies. It's there. It's a 3.5. <laughs> Some surprise on the face of Wood, but McCourt justifiably proud of his last effort. All around them, the Dewey Decimal System and two million volumes approximately here at one of Europe's largest reference libraries, built in 1877 by a wealthy tobacco magnate. Now, the serious business in hand. Bye, 
bogeys. That was a brave bogey. It's a 4.2. And the crowd getting to their feet, delighted with the audacity of Wood's tactics there. And it seems McCourt has lost his bottle. Yes, he concedes and hands the match to Wood. Excellent. Very good. So can you give us a little insight into the nitty-gritty of how it works? Do you get a script and think, okay, you're going to do that bit, you're going to do that, but how do you work out who says what? Uh, you need a third person. Okay. Now, um, a lot of double acts uh, will have a very special person uh, in their role that you like never see on screen. Eddie Braben with Welcome uh, White, you know. Yeah, so they'll either have a writer or a producer. Now, we were very fortunate enough. We were working together as Dick and Dom, and, and it was all going fine. It was fine, and it was amusing. But then one man came along and changed the whole thing. Uh, uh, a and producer. it's the man that was doing the, the voice for bogeys there, actually. Yeah, producer uh, called Steve Ride, who is a triple BAFTA winning genius. I mean, he is a genius. That man, uh, Ben, you've written yeah, stuff for him as I, well. Yeah, he's my uh, he, I mean, he really is. Everything he touches turns gold. He just gets comedy. He gets double acts. He's a former performer. He used to be the scarecrow in Wizardora. Huh? There mm -hmm. you go. Um, and so, but the guy's a genius. And he came along and just taught us that, yes, you can play things uh, by the book, but it's much more fun if you don't. And try and freewheel it a little bit and, and rip up the rule book a little bit. Add some anarchy. And yeah. that's where Dick and Dom with the Bungalow happened. And that's where our double act is now. It's all because of him. But again, he didn't really ever try to... He didn't ever say like to one of us, you be the straight man, you be the funny man. Which is why the double act is kind of, mm. as Dom said, two straight men, you know. Mm. Um, shall we have a look at what you've been working on most recently? Mm. This is... A, a, uh, this is Diddy Movies. Diddy Movies, You're yeah. working on... Diddy, Diddy TV, TV, which yeah. is like Gogglebox, but with Diddy Dick and Don. Uh, let's have a look at Diddy Movies. Yeah. It's amazing what you can achieve with a dream. Oh, and a house full of poodle potatoes. Bloody stupid, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, so the new series of uh, Diddy TV is coming out in the in September. Uh, in early December, I think it's on. Yeah, very good. Look out for that. Uh, look, final question: How much do you wish Antidote would fall out with each other? Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. I, no, I, I mean, don't think we could ever fill those shoes, even if no. they decided to back it all in. Uh, uh, they, you know, they, a lot of people the over best. the years have compared us to them, and I don't think there is a comparison at all. To be honest, we are two blokes. We were, we do, we used to live together. We're best mates. That is the only comparison. I think it's like a little bit like comparing uh, Morecambe and Wise to um, Rick and Aid. Yeah. Really, uh, mm -hmm. they're just they're, they're best mates. They work together, but in terms of I don't think we'll product, ever be seen uh, putting the you know three piece on going hi, welcome to the and, that's and not earning, our thing. and earning billions. We don't want to do no, that. No, we don't want to do that. <laughs> we don't want to do that. <laughs> you see, Anne and Decker are a bit like Waitrose. We're a bit more like little, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so in a way, we're like little Ant and Deck. Because <laughs> they're they're quite similar to you in that they both they're both um, they're both you know there's not a straight man and a straight man. no they're they're quite similar as, yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, they are. Um, Interesting, though, Lauren, do you think, Laverne, do you think um, there is an ideal relationship that kids, or do they like seeing all these, you know, we've heard lots of different versions of the double act, do you think that's the joy of it, and kids can find something different in each relationship? I think they do find something different, but, you know, watching all of the clips this afternoon, I think that one is drawn to the exclusive relationship mm. that the two people have, and you want it. You want to achieve that. You want to achieve it with somebody else. And that's what we're doing as human beings. We're trying to find somebody who we feel that we've got a synchronicity with and that we get along very, very well with. And so, you know, my children watched you and absolutely, you know, were beside themselves because they wanted a friend that they could have that relationship with. And it looks so easy. But I think you know, children are watching knowing it's quite hard as well because if you go back to Tom and Jerry, you see the moments when they get along, but actually there are the scraps as well. So I think, you know, children are sophisticated enough to think they're having a great time. I wonder what happens when it doesn't go so well. 
but I, I do think the exclusive, exclusivity of the relationship is what we're all looking for. Yeah. You know, I we think want a partner. Even as an adult, I wish I got on with somebody as yeah. well as they get on. Exactly. I feel a bit tearful, just yeah. kind of sad. Bessie mate, a BFF. Yeah, yeah. Now, so many of these examples we've seen are boys. Why are there no girls? Why are there no girls? Well, I think, you know, in, in, in our case, we've got a lot of um, uh, boys because our channels are, you know, more skewed toward boys, I think, so that naturally that, you know, and that sense of humour that is a little bit, uh, you know, silly and wacky and some toilet sense of humour. Yes. It's very boy, you know, a sense of humour. Girls are a little bit more serious, mm -hmm. I have to say, and like to, it's a bit more sophisticated, the sense of humour that they go for. But um, but what we do have is a lot of very strong female, uh, like you would say, like the third, you know, act. So you have, in Gambol, you have Anais, mm -hmm. who's the little mm -hmm. sister. Actually, she's only six, but she's much cleverer than they are, much cleverer, <laughs> and gets them out of trouble all the time. And the same thing in Adventure Time. You have Princess Bubblegum gets Finn out of trouble many times. So they're very strong, you know, uh, female lead characters. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, that basically, you know, work very well uh, together in the relationship with this, you know, two. I was going to say, I mean, I was just thinking about you two, and, and, um, but also Anson Deck working with... Me back in the SMTV times, yeah, yeah. But there's uh, Andy Dealey. Milligan Cat. now. With oh, Cat, Cat sorry, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, they're... Because yeah. I was thinking, why? Why so many male... You know, why is it so gendered in this mm -hmm. way? But, you know, Cat Steely ha had, had a balance to what mm. she added to the, mm. the, the mm. sort of conversations that were going on. And I know that my <coughs> girls were as interested in her mm. as they oh, were in Ants and Deck yes. because yeah. she steered something slightly differently. So it's interesting hearing you say, you know, these are other characters yeah. in those two mm -hmm. um, um, situations because I think that there's a different role for yeah. that third person and, yeah. and being female. We were talking about it before, though, and, and saying maybe there's not enough comparisons for new, you know, for female double X starting up. There's not, uh, you know, from the old days, we can all list off, you know, as many double X as we want. Yeah, Morgan Wise, two Ronnies, Little Large, you know. So we would sit there and watch that and think, but when oh, that it, looks fun. Yeah. When it comes to female double X, I suppose you're talking French and Saunders, but I bet yeah. not many people in the room could really mention another one after that. Mel you know? I mean, there's Mel and Sue, Sue, yeah. But, but there's no aspirational female double X no. for other females to look at and go, yeah. I fancy doing that. It's mm. a problem right across comedy, I yeah. think, that there just aren't there aren't the examples. It, you know, it, it gets better, but um, yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about it. I'm embarrassed to say I hadn't really thought about it up to the, um, the point you were saying about female double acts. What, you know, one, the, the fact there aren't enough female comedians and why there aren't enough female writers comes up a lot. And, you know, one does what one can to encourage it. But, um, but yeah, it would be really interesting. I, yeah, it'd be really interesting to write a uh, you know, an animation with a with a female double yeah. but I mean, it would. I can't see why it wouldn't work. There seems to be a constant crusade, though, to find the next the, uh, a big female double act. But I think that's the wrong. Yeah. Thing. But you can't find, can't find it. double act. You though. can't go on a big nationwide yeah. search to find a female double act. It's just going to happen. And if the there best are two ones girls you can't together, put together, and they're damn funny. Yeah. Then they'll they'll come forward. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. I might be moving on to something you're going to talk about in a minute. But I suppose there's new double acts appearing on YouTube now, like Dan and Phil and um, Jack and Dean. But it'd be interesting to see how long they stay together because you know they have, it's it's new for them. Yep. You know, and they're not in televisions. So they've got no producer behind them, like the third person we were talking yep. about. They've got no one to keep them going. It's yep. going to be an, an interesting future, I think, for double acts. Do you think it's something to do with the fact that the nature of girls' friendship is different than the nature of boys' friendship? I, th I think it is. I think that, um, you know, what Patricia said is, is right, that girls have a slightly different temperament in terms of how they come at things. Mm. And I think that it's, it's much more wordy, <laughs> you know, I think watching you two in, in your very um, good clips, you know, that you could feed off each other in a very different way. I think girls would put in a lot more language, yes. which would then take up the, the sort of funny space. They'd get to it. I, I have no doubt that girls are as funny mm -hmm. as boys. I see them in playgrounds and they're having a great time. But there's a lot of words. Um, and there's probably a lot of emotion, a lot more emotion in terms of the depth of emotion. So yeah. there's a lot more falling out. Like it's we, much more Yeah, it's like we were saying before, you can't have that in a double act. Yeah. You've, you've, you've got to be friends, yes. 100%. Yeah. You can't suddenly go, one day, oh no. I was going to go down that route, but I got threatened by one of the bosses that I was going to get rugby tackled on stage if I went down that route. So I'm glad you did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's true. I mean, anybody who wants to go into a, a playground and watch the, the way children interact, there's a lot of, you know, pushing and shoving amongst the boys and make up very quickly. 
yep. it doesn't happen in, mm. the, in the girls' relationships as much. It's just, it's just the nature of things. But you, you just mine that different source for comedy. You know what I mean? I think it's just because, just because it hasn't been done a great deal. Um, as I say, I think they're yeah, just as yeah, funny, yeah. but it would be in a slightly yeah. different way. And more verbal, but... Yeah. You know, there's just more mileage for verbal jokes. And I guess, yeah. like, you know, Disney, obviously, a fantastic, you know, Anna and Elsa and Frozen, Liv, Liv and Maddie, Sam and Kat, they have explored those relationships, but it's interesting that it hasn't kind of percolated down into the cartoon world. There's your challenge, Ben. There's your yeah, next yeah. challenge. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think a lot of it is to do with how many of the writers are male and how many of the animators, I'm guessing, are male. I think that has... If we are mining our experiences for stories and characters... You know, I, I only have male experiences. You know, I can fake it, yeah. um, but uh, but it it is faked. You know, so uh, so so yeah, it's, I'm going to do it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I there, there's a void yeah. to be filled, and it will be. Uh, I think we'd love to see it yeah. be filled, and I think it'll mm. be a, a fantastic yeah. thing to to witness. Yeah. But uh, only time will till will happen. So that's your next challenge, but your current challenge has been yes. writing Danger Mouse. How very exciting. Shall we have a look at the sizzle? And, yeah. and Now, actually, I've got, before we play this, we've got to... No, please, no one record it on their phone. This is a very uh, exclusive clip, so we can see you. We'll set Tom and Jerry to come back in and beat you over the head if we see it. I'm doing it. Thank you very much. Can we roll the tape in? <laughs> the wait is over. The greatest secret agent the world has ever known is back. Rebooted for a new generation. Danger Mouse. Danger Mouse, you've got to save the world from destruction. Tell me something I don't know. Oh, crumbs! There's no time to lose. With all new missions... We have to stop that spider before it cocoons the whole planet! Do we? Oh, yes. High-tech gadgets. This car can do everything except tap dance. Who comes up with this stuff? Scheming villains. You may have won the battle, but I shall win the... I'm back, Baron. Don't forget to me. And fearless friends. Oh, crikey. Both old. <laughs> I couldn't have put it better myself. And new. You are a terrible secret agent. I'm making the greatest gadgets, and you always break them. You think that's amazing? Watch this. Premiering in the UK and launching internationally soon after. Activate iPatch. Locate internet attack. Backed by a dangerously dynamic marketing campaign that is already creating a splash around the globe. Ready for a spectacular retail launch. Amazing! When it comes to defeating evil... Uh-oh. Never send a man to do a mouse's job. Exactly. Crumbs! This year, Dummy, I'm brilliant. he's back. You're a star! Come on, Penfold. To save the world all over again. That looks rather good. I, th I, think, um, I think it is good. <laughs> um, tell me, how, where did you start trying to uh, reunite these two characters after such a long time? Um, we, we started from scratch. So we, we sat around a table and talked about the characters. And there's, a, there's an intrinsic problem with Danger Mouse and Penfold, which is that Danger Mouse is the greatest secret agent in the world. And Penfold is the uh, the three-time winner of the world's greatest coward, as uh, presented by the International Cowards Convention. Although he was too scared to pick it up. Um, but so so why is Penfold there? <laughs> is 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 the the key thing, and that comes back to the. So you, then you have to create a, a dynamic where, like Dick and Dom, and like all the people that we've talked about, that they. They're inseparable, and that's quite difficult when you, you're constantly putting them in a situation where one of them really shouldn't be there. Um, and so, why does he want to be there? Why does Danger Mouse want to be hit, be there? Um, the you need to create create a dynamic. Like I say, you need to create a dynamic that that you you can then get the comedy by by trying to pull it apart and creating uh, conflict between them. I, I I don't know if it's relevant, but I I had a a rule for the pair, 
which was that if, uh, if Danger Mouse had to choose between saving the world or saving Penfold, he'd do both. But he would save Penfold first. Oh. So um, I, I, we've got an origin episode that I'm sort of skirting around a little bit um, <laughs> because uh, I don't know whether I want to spoil the surprise. But, um, but it goes into what what draws them together and what what's the thing that they get out of each other more than anyone else and base i mean basically the thing is that that it's dangerous doesn't enjoy it unless penfold's there right and uh and penfold penfold loves having a you know a friend who thinks so much of him for somebody who everyone else treats badly to have somebody else who thinks you're brilliant, no matter what you do, who seems to be unaware of your flaws, is, is an amazing thing to have. So that's sort of the root of it. Um, so having someone along yeah. for the ride who validates your successes and kind of and, yeah. and, and witnesses your difficulties but kind of encourages you. Like yeah, I think, that, I think that when the original was written, there was more of a... It was... There was sort of a tradition of a Batman you know that the officers in the army would have the guy who goes around with them um, and who was like their personal assistant or their valet, almost. And I think that in the original, it's a bit like that, that Danger Mouse, uh, Penfold is sort of there to do the ironing and the, the washing up, and we have that as well. Um, but somehow the question doesn't quite come up as often when you're watching the original, that you kind of go, but... Why is he going to save the world? He's, we don't want him trying to save the world. Yes. <laughs> He'll fail. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that's where we you you start with with the whole series is trying to create a, a trying to create a double act, um, and that's where we started with that. Do, and do I think, you think it works. The audience also has the idea that um, Danger Mouse won't succeed unless Penfold is there, because I you know I think when children are watching, they yeah. know that one needs the other. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we have, and we have an episode where we again. I don't want to spoil it, but they, uh, there is an episode where uh, time is changed so that they never met, and then you see Danger Mouse as the world's. He's still the world's greatest secret agent, but Penfold isn't there, and so you know there's something missing. Um, and similarly, then you see how Penfold. Uh, what his life would be like if he hadn't met Danger Mouse and so essentially Danger Mouse's life is joyless and Penfold's life is kind of friendless is really the the dynamic yeah did you attempt to replicate their original relationship or did you sort of did that I mean yes you? it has to you know it's it, it is we want we want the DNA of, DNA of the original and it's it we are replicating replicating that as much as we can. I think that um, my, my thing with it is that, so I was a kid when Danger Mouse was on, I watched it as a kid, and what I've tried to do is create the show that I remember rather than the show that happened, if that makes sense. If you watch it, you know, I watched it as a child and I filled in gaps, uh, and I, so when I watch it again now, there are things in their relationship, it doesn't happen a lot, but there are things in the relationship where it's a bit like we were talking about um, always, always putting your friend first. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there are things in the original a little bit where, because, you know, Danger Mouse and Colonel K might, might be a bit mean to Penfold because he's a coward or something like that, and I don't think we would do that mm -hmm. um, because it, it sits on it. It sits wrong because because of that double act mm. and the unbreakable bond. It sort of it, it just feels wrong in that same way that when I saw those that double act where one of them being you know uh, making the other one feel bad by by being too friendly with somebody else kind of thing. Mm. So, um, but I hopefully hopefully it will feel the same. Hopefully it will feel like if you're a fan of the original, you'll you'll like. This version. I'm a fan of the original, so I like it. Was it easier or harder? And this goes for Lot of Thruggers or Boomerang or you know Tom and Jerry, whatever. Um, 
having an existing series because in some ways you would think it'd be easier because you've got characters that already exist great let's just carry on that that tradition or is it harder because you've got to try and reinvent it or try and stick to the true thing is it harder or easier i think in in i think for me it would probably easier uh because it was such a great series uh so you can you know you you i watched uh, there are 112 episodes or something of the original in various forms forms some of them there were there were series that were five minutes so there 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 are there's a lot of it um and and i watched all of it at least twice um and that way you know you can take the what you what you feel like is the the best of that and then make the show that you would make today mm. you know the the television has moved on from you know 1981 something like that um uh you know we live in a post simpsons world where the sophistication of storytelling that that children are used to you know the three act structures you know there's an expectation of story that we've tried to apply to it which i think we have i'm making it sound really unfunny it's funny i think it's really funny <laughs> i think you know you starting with so, such a great amount of amazing source material has to give you a leg up doesn't it um so yeah i'd say easy so just a final question but oh we've been flashing lights and everything just quickly um the arrival of youtube and the relationship of the youtube youtubes with their that sounded wrong, didn't it? Uh, YouTubers with their relationship. It's very much a one-on-one -on -one relationship. Does that have an impact on Double Act? Uh, no, it just brings more to the mm, pot. I think okay. it's, it's, great. it's more accessible for more people. Yep. So now uh, teenagers who probably weren't watching or grown out of us are now watching new Double Acts, and it's, it's just getting bigger and bigger. I think it's, it's great. Bring it on. It is great. I mean, but back to what I was saying earlier, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next 10 years with yeah. these people. Because they're not really being produced, or it's not like television, really. Mm. It's a challenge, isn't it? And I think, you know, my girls are watching girls creating their own humour and excitement mm. on, the, on, on the YouTube system. And I think that's where it, that's the future, really. Well, on that note, um, do you think, have we got time for questions? Um, has anyone got a question they would like to ask our illustrious panel? Uh, uh, hello? Hello. Yes. Hello. OK, here's a question that I've been wanting to ask you since I was about nine years old. Was bogeys fixed? So did you used to come in and say, <laughs> we are going to go and scream bogeys at the top of our lungs? Because the amount of times I got in trouble at primary school for screaming bogeys was ridiculous. <laughs> That's what and we like to hear. My mother probably hates you right That's now. That's what we set out to do. No. Um, <laughs> so what did you do? How did you set bogeys up? Did you speak to people about it? Or? So say you'd walk into, that was the Glasgow library. The guy who there. just walked out, he looked like he knew you were yeah, doing he it. Was, he put yeah. a complaint in, but you know. No, but um, was, he a, was he an actor or a real person? No, 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 he was really there, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we didn't tell them that which word we were going to shout. They knew there was going to be a little bit of noise, not as much as there, <laughs> there was. Um, and on certain circumstances, it did backfire on us. Uh, at the London Aquarium, I got put up against the wall and told that <laughs> am I, I was asked, am I a maker of horror films? And a moron. Um, and a moron, <laughs> yeah. Um, we got thrown Do out of a... Was? Uh, yes, <sighs> we got thro <laughs> thrown out of a motorbike museum in Italy by the security guards because we were walking around shouting the word bogeys in Italian, which was macho. They'd never heard <laughs> such the like over in Italy, so it no, did backfire no, sometimes. None of it was rigged. It was no, all it wasn't actually rigged. happening. Why, would you like to have a go now? <laughs> Come on, let's see you all have a go. One, two, three. Bogeys! And it felt nice. good, didn't it, for a moment? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>